Now the focus is really the importance of time and how you spend your time because you can really stick your head in the business and really focus on working in your business and then you can forget about everything around you, your family life, spending time with your kids. We never wanted to get to a place where we realize and we forget why we were doing it in the first place and then we realize that you miss all these milestones. This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will help you escape the Wall Street casino and build wealth on Main Street by investing in real estate. I'm your host, Taylor Lote, and today our guest is Eileen Prack. Eileen is a real estate investor, a busy professional, a mom, a wife, and so much more. And today we're digging into how she and her husband, Sayla, and her business partner, Sayla, balance life, family, real estate, work, and just make it all happen. How they set their priorities, how they set their goals, how they've dealt with agreements and disagreements in business, how they've decided and delegated responsibilities in the real estate business between the two of them, how they've refined the strategy along the way, and there's so much more. If you're out there and you're wondering how you can balance life and family and W-2 work and real estate investing, well, this is the interview for you to listen to today. It's a great one. Eileen's a wealth of knowledge and she shares so much with us today. Once again, I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor. I focus on multifamily and self-storage investing. If you'd like to learn more about potentially investing with us on a future deal, just go to investwithtaylor.com, fill out the form, schedule a call, and I will look forward to speaking with you soon. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Right now, once again, our guest is Eileen Prack. Let's go. Eileen, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm excited to go through your experience being a busy professional, real estate investor, a mom, wife, everything that you're up to, a podcaster, you're doing so many things. We're going to go through all of that today. But for our listeners out there who don't know about you and your background, can you tell us about yourself and what you do? Sure. Thanks for having me, Taylor. So for me, I have a background in finance and aerospace finance. So I went to go to school, got good grades, went on to climbed the corporate ladder, found a good job after I got my MBA, did that whole thing. And for me, that's what I thought my whole entire life was going to be, was continuing to work the nine to five job, get that good salary, get that good paycheck, and then retire at the age of 65, you know, continue to contribute to my 401k and things like that. And that will set me up for retirement when I'm done. However, as time went on, and then I became a mom myself, my priorities started to change. And I realized that what was really important to me was my time and what I could do with it and how I spent my time. So I started looking for different ways to, how do I get back control over my time? And how do I find ways that can supplement my income? Because I've heard a lot of people at the same time who had high paying careers, had solid income coming in. Things had happened in their lives where out of their own control, they were let go from their companies or things had happened and they no longer have that income coming in that they had been so dependent on. So I wanted to get away from all that. I wanted to gain more time freedom to spend more with my family, not be dependent on that W-2 and have that choice to continue working because I wanted to, not because I had to. So we started looking at different ways to invest. Stocks were not really my thing. I don't really understand it. So I don't tend to invest in things that I don't super, I don't really understand that much. But real estate, I understand. I get the numbers are there. They are solid asset classes, things that you put money into 
you rent it out, you get the returns back. Very straightforward. So we started off with investing in single family homes, ended up investing outside of California first because the numbers here in California where I live didn't really make sense at that time in terms of cash flow and what we wanted to accomplish. And then as time went on, we found syndications just through networking and talking to other people and multifamily apartments and how you could do things a little bit differently and how you can invest in multifamily apartment buildings, which was completely outside of our comfort zone, out of our realm of what was possible in terms of investing and how do we do that. And as we started to deep dive a little bit more, we started getting pulled into that group of network of people and how they were able to purchase these large apartment buildings together as a group, and then started listening to more podcasts, started getting educated ourselves, and then eventually decided to, we made a connection with another sponsor who had been in the game for quite some time. So we wanted to leverage his experience, wanted to learn and have this proof of concept to see whether or not this investment vehicle was a good way to build our wealth, because it seemed like it really matched what we were trying to do especially having a new family. We're both busy professionals ourselves. So we really wanted to just invest and be very passive originally and just you know leverage someone else's experience and learn from them and then get that return money. So we did that, ended up working really well for us. That first deal that we had invested in back at the end of beginning of 2019, early 2020, that had already gone full cycle before our five-year period, which we expected it to happen. So that was a nice surprise that we got our cash back earlier than we expected. And then since then, we've continuously invested as passive investors in several other different deals, and as well as gotten opportunities to be part of the general sponsorship team as well. So now we're active in the space as well. So we're doing it both ways for us, working our full-time W-2s, continuing to invest passively, also generating income through our general partnerships and active investments as well to really fuel and supercharge our our wealth building process. Nice. And so you have so much going on. You host your own podcast. I recently saw him, well, it wasn't even recently, earlier this year at the Best Ever Conference, but I believe you were, if I remember correctly, you were at home with two new kids. Is that right? How many kids are you guys up to now? Yes, we have two. You're right. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Awesome. So- First off, I'd like to dig into how are you balancing all of these things and working together as a team and working your schedules to make sure everything gets done along with your W-2s, taking care of the kids, your real estate deals, the podcast, everything like that, taking time to talk with myself and our audience today. How do you handle that and juggle the somewhat enormous workload? Yeah, it's really not easy and there's really no balance, I would say. You get to pick and choose what's important to you and what's a priority to you. And for me and my husband, Selah, you know, our priority is our family. So we prioritize our time with them first and everything else is part of that. Or we build our schedule to fit around, you know, what we find to be important first. So once we establish like our family time and what we're going to be doing with the kids or with our other families and things like that, then we can look at working our, our full-time jobs and how do we incorporate the podcasting and then the real estate stuff all throughout and all the other times where we could be doing other things like watching Netflix or uh, doing some other things where might not generate that same same return for us and get us to that goal where we want to be. So we really have to be focused on utilizing the time that we have because there's not much of it. 
And we all have the same amount of times, but it's how do we balance it or not balance it, but how do we utilize that to the best of our abilities and help us accomplish the goals that we want to achieve? And for us, it's been waking up early before the kids get up, trying to record some of the podcast episodes then. After work, we'll do some more work after the kids go to bed, after we put them down. And the positive thing, I think, between me and Sela is that we have two of us. So we're able to divide and conquer much more easier than if it was just one of us solely focusing on um, the wealth building side. And there was a little bit of an unbalance there. But we're able to leverage off each other's time, um, strengths and weaknesses and be able to divide and conquer, really. Um, And on top of all that, we have such a big support of family to help us with the kids and things like that also when we need to rush off to a conference or we need to, you know, go take a drive out to one of our properties or fly out or something like that. We have that support network and that's so important and vital to being able to do all the things that we do. Nice. Okay. So I'm glad you mentioned strengths and weaknesses. We all have strengths and weaknesses. It's just a fact of life. How have you thought about approaching those, identifying your own strengths and weaknesses in in the the team of two and what you each bring to the table? How did you kind of assess that and build like a system around your individual strengths and weaknesses? A lot of work (laughs) and a lot of difficult conversations, (laughs) I will say, especially in the very beginning, because now working together as a husband and wife team You're working together and you're communicating in different capacity than as a spouse, as a husband and wife to each other, as a mother and a father, right? And so in the very beginning, early on stages, there was a lot of challenges with communication, I would say, and trying to figure out where everybody's strengths and weaknesses are, what their likes and dislikes are. And so that was through through time and trying to learn and trial and error. I would say in the early stages, my background is in finance. I work with Excel spreadsheets day in and day out. That's my forte. I like looking at the numbers. But when it comes to real estate, I realize that even though I'm good at it, but it's not what I wanted to focus on. And Sela himself, he was doing a lot of the calls with the brokerage, building out the deal flow and things like that and doing more of the acquisition side. And when I was looking at the numbers and spreadsheets, there was a disconnect between the acquisition side of things, where now I was looking at the numbers, but he didn't understand it. And he would have to come back to me and ask me about all the numbers. How did I come up with my estimates and things like that? So there was a broken down process there. And so there was a lot of challenging conversations and trying to figure out how do we communicate this to each other because we're not on the same page anymore. We weren't doing things efficiently. So we just split it down in the middle now where he takes on the total underwriting acquisition side of things. I don't touch any of the spreadsheets anymore. However, when he has a question or we need to look at things together, we'll come together as a team and then we'll review it together. But now there's a straight division of line between you know what we actually do enjoy doing and what we're good at versus maybe something that we're good at doing, but we don't necessarily want to do or we don't enjoy that side of the business. And so now over time, we've, de- we've defined that much more clear and that took some time and, and a lot of trial and error. Okay, makes sense. So in that period where there was a, where you were working on handing off those responsibilities to one another, was there a time in which you, or maybe this is still the case, where you had to kind of train each other on your individual competencies, right? The Excel example and underwriting being, I think, particularly relevant here. Did you have to you know, sit down and train him up on what you had learned 
and what you knew about underwriting. He has a technical background, I believe, but how did you handle that kind of handoff of responsibilities? Yes, it was training at the same time. But what was great about it was that we were both learning at the same time. And so even though like my skill sets in Excel, I'm like, I could utilize him or he could utilize my strengths in Excel when it came to looking at the formulas, how to make sure that things tick and tie and that we can reconcile the numbers and looking at that and some of the things that we need to focus on. And then over time, he is a quick learner also. He does well in his job and what he does. And so he was able to pick up a lot of those things and basically now has taken it all over as we learn together on what are the things that we should look at. And when he has certain questions, he's able to leverage me. I can leverage him on some of my technical deficiencies. On I'm terrible about the IT side of things and how to do website things or setting up the podcast stuff, like all of that stuff I'm very illiterate on. And I depend heavily on, on him for that types of things. So we've been really able to come together and work together and leverage each other and realize that it's okay if we don't know how to do everything, but we can come together and talk about it and come to a solution and figure out who can help us do this who's the better fit to leverage off of each other and get to our goal faster. Nice. How have you approached goal setting? Did you set goals in the beginning? If so, what were they? Although you don't need to share that, but generally what, what was your approach to working together to set goals? First of all, when we looked at our goals, we both had to make sure that we were on the same page in terms of not just financially, but where do we want to be in terms of family and overall life quality. And once we got on the same page on that, he and I have been really good in the fact that we've been able to walk the same path and are, are generally on the same page with each other. And so we are able to support each other in our goals and what we want to accomplish. And I think that has made us so much more stronger because our communication is has really solidified in how we want to view our family, how do we want to live our lives are very similar. And in that aspect, it has been able to serve us really well. And so we look at our overall life. We look at what are the things that are most important to us. And then we start breaking it down to little chunks. Now we look at what's going to get us there. What are some of the things that we need to focus on in the near term, short term? Because sometimes when you look at too far in advance, you become overwhelmed and you realize like, how do I get to this spot? Because you want to reach X goal, but it just seems like a monumental feat and such a tall mountain to climb. So you have to break it down into a little bit more smaller steps that you can walk towards. So for us, we wanted to get into real estate. We wanted to build up our real estate business, build out our networking and connections. But how do we get there? When we first started, we had no network. We didn't know a lot of people in the space. But the best thing for us was, well, we need to start building out our network. Let's start our podcast. That will start building out our network and creating those relationships that we're looking for. And then as the next steps come along, we can figure out and decide whether that is the right path to take or do we need to pivot to something else? And I think for us, we've always been good at recognizing which path can get us there. Maybe it's a little bit slower sometimes, but it will eventually get us to exactly where we need to be. Okay. So... Have there been any times, this might be a little bit of a tough question, you don't need to answer this if you don't want to, but have there been any times where you had a disagreement in the business? It's only natural. We disagree with each other and our spouses and everyone all the time. It's going to happen. If so, how did you handle that? Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, there's always going to be disagreements, whether or not you're working with your spouse, 
your business partner, your kids, whatever like that, there's always going to be disagreements because we are all, all individuals with our own different opinions and how we view the world. But for us, the way we handle it is talking to each other and just trying to understand where the other person is coming from. And ultimately, we realize we're trying to get to the same goal. It might not necessarily be the same exact way to get there, but the end goal is essentially the same. So sometimes we have to give a little bit to get a little bit. And if it's not a fight worth fighting, then, then well, let's try your way first. If it doesn't work, what's the harm in it? All we need to do is just backtrack a little bit and then try a different way. It's not that big of a deal. So we calculate the risks and the rewards and the path that we're going to take. And we have to come together and we have to share both sides. And why are we why are we fighting for this certain path or this way of doing the business? And then trying to understand whether or not it makes sense. And then if we can come to a solution, which we, it goes back to that communication. We usually are able to communicate and to share and come to the realization that ultimately our end goal is the same. But how do we get there together? And sometimes you do have to compromise and, and give a little bit. Nice. Nice. Okay. So my understanding of the timeline here is, I don't know your life story by heart, but you started this journey well before kids were in the picture. Now, kids are in the picture. You had kids earlier this year. How has that changed the business or your approach? I mean, kind of going back to what we talked about earlier in terms of family being your number one focus, but are there any other ways that the kids actually being here now has changed your approach to the real estate business as opposed to before? I think it does because now the focus is really the importance of time and how you spend your time because you can really stick your head in the business and really focus on working in your business. And then you can forget about everything around you, your family life, spending it time with your kids. And for us, we never wanted to get to a place where, you know, 10 years down the road, 15, 20 years, while we're trying to build up the business, build up our wealth for them, we realize and we forget why we were doing it in the first place. And then we realize that you miss all these milestones. So for us, the main thing and the main focus is always to let's continue to build up the business, build up the wealth and everything like that. But we can't forget why we're doing it in the first place. It's for the kids so we can be there for the milestones in their lives so that we can choose where we're going to spend our time. And so that's how we approach the business. It's, well, we can grow this business in as big as we want to grow it, but do we really want to go down that path? Because is it going to give us that lifestyle that we really want? It's great to have a giant business, grow it with several hundreds of employees and things like that. But is that really what we want to do? Is that the lifestyle that we want? And for some people, that may very well be exactly what they're looking for. But for us, it's not necessarily the path that we want to go down. We want to grow it to a place where we have that time freedom for ourselves and we're able to spend it with our kids. But we are at the same time, you know, really happy with the success that we've been able to achieve and what we've been able to grow. And we've been able to bring up our network and our family and the people who want to come along the ride with us that we're able to support them and help them as well. It doesn't have to be the biggest business of all, but as long as we are happy and we are grateful for where we are and we don't forget that, for us, that's being successful and that's what we're looking for. Love it. Focusing on the right goal for you, which is maybe not the right goal for all of us, but I think a lot of our listeners can relate to that. Ultimately, seeking freedom, seeking time with your family, seeking financial independence that allows you to live life the way that you want to. So 
the kids are very young now, much too young to actually actively be involved in the business. They're babies, right? But one day they won't be babies. Do you intend to incorporate them into the real estate business? What are your thoughts about growing them alongside the real estate and teaching them about real estate as they grow up, which is one of the best gifts you can probably give them? How have you kind of planned ahead for bringing them in? So I think for us, it's all about exposure. We never want to push our ideals and what we think is the right way to our kids, but we want to expose them to what they could have or what we're learning and what they could be part of. And so I know last time we had, there was a conference. So we ended up bringing both the kids to the conference and they were honorary conference members, the youngest ones there. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I mean, they're still very young to, to recognize it and to understand the concepts and things like that. But I think just being around it and hearing us talk about it on a day-to-day -day business or on the day-to-day, -day, in our day-to-day -day lives, it really just gives them exposure to what we're doing. And it's not something that will be like surprising them to them later on. And so for us, it's just wanting to expose them and just incorporating it as part of our daily lives and just sharing the things that we're working on. We'll drive around and we'll point out some things to them or we'll talk about it just around their area where they can listen to us talk, just me and my husband and stuff like that. So they can just be aware of what we're doing and things that, that we're looking for so that one day, as they grow older and older, the light bulb will click on and they'll say, oh, this is what my parents do, or this is, we could do something like this. And they can pick and choose what they want to do later on, but as long as they know it's out there. Absolutely. They're going to grow up without the limiting beliefs that so many of us have when we get into real estate, because it'll just be what people do to them. It won't be this weird thing they have to go learn on their own, right. just come up in this space. So between the two of you, Who's leaving your day job first? <laughs> What's the plan? It really depends on the situation. So we're at this point right now where we're, we have the flexibility and we have the privilege to continue to because we want to stay in our jobs. We have that choice right now. We enjoy what we're doing. And so if one of us decides that we want to leave, then we'll make that decision at that time. It just depends on where we are at in the business and with the kids. I mean, right now they're starting to hit more and more milestones. I know I'm getting anxious too to be more and more present for them as well as they're getting to kindergarten. They're starting to go into like middle school, elementary school and things like that. So you really want to be able to be there for them. So we'll have that more of that discussions as time comes along. But right now we've been finding a good split between our times with the kids and what we're doing. So it'll be whoever wants to go first. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. It's hard to step away from two six-figure incomes and the benefits and flexibility, everything that comes along with it. So if you don't have reason to walk away, then why walk away if you're making good money? So if you were to rewind the clock, if you had the opportunity to speak with yourself when you were first getting started in real estate, didn't know what to do, what's one piece of advice you wish you could go back and give yourself? I would say... I think it really goes back to that limiting belief that you kind of mentioned earlier too. It's That is really the first step, I think, that a lot of us have to overcome, especially getting into something new, is the limiting belief that you're held back by certain experiences, wealth or things like that, that you can't get into certain certain opportunities because you don't have all those things. So it makes you hold back and makes you nervous about wanting to step outside of your comfort zone. But if you're able to overcome those limiting beliefs, you're able to get there 
and start so much more quicker without having to feel like you're not enough. And you totally are, but you just need to start making the right moves and start getting outside of your comfort zone, networking with other people. And it all starts with those limiting beliefs that we have and we put on ourselves. I love it. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Are you looking for a way to easily track your rental property finances? Check out Stessa. Stessa makes managing real estate investments simple. You can easily keep track of the performance, finances, and the paper trail of your rental properties. Our listeners can get started for free and then upgrade at any time to unlock their more advanced tools. And the even better news is that the upgrade is very affordable and will not break your bank. Smart investors know that tracking the numbers, tracking the money, tracking the finances is what really drives your success. Check out Stessa. It'll make your property finances easier. Just go to escapingwallstreet.com, scroll down to the Stessa logo, and get started for free. Now back to the show. All right, Eileen, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I am ready. Great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? I would say the best investment that we ended up making was probably our first, maybe our first house that we bought because it was really helped us fuel our investments for later on because it was a, we were able to sell that house for much higher than what we had bought it for, take those proceeds, be able to invest it in other syndications and other properties. And that really jumpstarted and fueled our investment opportunities. And so at that time, you might think that, oh, buying a house is expensive. It is. But at the same time, you can think about later on, if they are in an appreciating market, it might be able to help offset some of those costs later on when you've appreciated the value of your properties. And then now you're able to leverage and take that and move that into other bigger, better things. But you don't really think about that at that time when you're purchasing it because you're in it and you're like, oh, this is a big expense. But later on, it, it really, I think it really was the best decision that we made. Nice. Nice. And the capital gains tax exemption ability for a primary residence is definitely a huge advantage there too if you have pretty solid appreciation. So we had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? The worst investment... I wouldn't say the worst investment, but can I share an, an opportunity that, I mean, it could have been the worst investment, but we actually ended up walking away from that. So we avoided <laughs> potentially oh, wow. That's bad, all right. yeah, sure. a potentially bad uh, investment. But it was when you're first starting out and you wanted to, you want to get into the game so quickly and you want to just jumpstart in and you're looking at different opportunities. And when an opportunity comes around and it sounds like it's a good opportunity, but when you start deep diving it into a little bit more and you realize that one, the deferred maintenance on that property is going to be way too much. You're not going to be able to turn the residence as quickly as you thought you'd be able to. The people in that area say they wouldn't even go within a 10 foot pole of that property. Then you kind of you come to that realization like, oh, maybe it's not the right one for us. Maybe it's not the right time for us to get into a, a property that would need that much that much effort and that much effort on our part because we're not even in that that market. And so being able to recognize your capabilities and what you can and cannot do, whether or not you're physically there or not, I think it's a really important skill set. And so we were able to walk away from what could have been a, t a pretty bad situation. Nice. 
My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? That you can always walk away from a bad deal. And sometimes if you are in it and it might seem that you've already invested X amount of time, X amount of dollars in it just to try to close a deal, just to close the deal, it's probably not the right way to do it. But you want to be able to just look at the numbers and make sure that the numbers are working out and that you're not basing it off of emotions. So it's never a bad idea to just walk away from a deal because there's always another one right around the corner. Absolutely. You'd much rather regret not having done a deal than regret having done a deal because the pain of having done a, done a bad deal is going to be so much worse, so much more time invested in a lot of other kinds of problems. And Eileen, I want to thank you so much for joining us today, sharing all this lessons, all these, all this knowledge, all these lessons with our audience. If folks want to reach out, if they want to get in touch, if they want to learn more about what you're up to, where can they track you down? They can always email me at Eileen at bonavestcapital.com. Or if they want to find out more information about um, passive investing and what kind of questions uh, to ask sponsors, they can always download our checklist at www.bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Awesome. Well, thank you once again for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars if you don't mind. I appreciate that so, so much. That helps other people learn about the show because that helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcasts ecosystem. And I'm always honest with you guys. That gives me a nice little warm and fuzzy feeling because I get to see that you're engaging with the content and you're escaping the Wall Street casino along with us. Don't forget to subscribe and catch us here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Right now, I hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.